I didn't give you any permission. Confirmed. Now I am not recording at all. Oh my uh, god, Daphne! Every time, make host allow record. All it's right, really, and it's really not. Now I'm recording. Also, how they have that set up. Podcasting yet the podcast where Alan and I continue to try and figure out are we podcasting? Our guest today is the famous, the talented, gorgeous, <gasps> Jeff Nico. No, I was going to tell you to say Mary. Don't say my name. Oh, Mary. Well, she's a Daphne lady of aka Hadari. Hadari. Hashtag Hadari. Underline. We're clarifying. We're clarifying this right now. Yeah. Daphne Kuhaneri, what are we supposed to call you from this point henceforward? Okay, in terms of work for music and for all of that, I'm now Haneri, but I mean, I've known you guys for a couple of years, so, I, you know, I did an interview yesterday where they kept calling, I've known those guys for like a decade, so they couldn't help but call me Daphne, and I get it, it's fine, but uh, for the sake of my music, I'm Haneri. <laughs> Professionally what, known as Haneri. What does Haneri mean? Hanari is the Hawaiian translation of my Chinese name. Are you Hawaiian? Which is? Am I Hawaiian? No, I'm okay. Chinese. Dustin. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know exactly where she's from. You know where she was born. There, uh, there, are, there are people. There are people listening that probably do not know if Daphne, aka oh. Hanari, is white or not. Yeah, there That's are people fair. talking on this podcast who don't know. <laughs> 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 Uh, Daphne, question. Uh, what is your Chinese name and what is that meaning? So my Chinese name is, for people that don't know anything about Chinese names, it's put into three parts. My, uh, my Chinese name, the first Chinese name is my last name. We go backwards. And then the middle name is my generation name. And then my last name is like the name that was given to me. So my Chinese name is Chiu Ping Yi, which is my last name, my generation name, and E is the name given to me. And E means 100 million. And while I was trying to figure out a new artist name, I put it through the ringer of like 80 different languages. And Hawaiian, uh, so E means 100 million and translated to Hawaiian turns into Hanari Miliona, which is the, was the nicest sounding name, honestly. And I didn't want my new artist name to be E. Like I wanted it to sound yeah. Asian, but it's like, Introducing E, like what? you could have gone the opposite way. What if you went with just hundred million? What if your name, artist name, was just hundred million? My my music is not badass enough for that. Can I say <laughs> that? But of but, course you can swear. But it might elevate to that level of badassness with the name. Yeah, I I'm working towards it. I'm working. My new the new EP that's coming out in November is called Miliona. Your my, new music my, is badass. Your new oh, single's okay. dope, that's yo. True. Yeah. Alan, have you seen, you know his, uh, have you seen the video? video? And his reaction the whole time was like... Yeah, but oh, inside he... mental explosions, like mental firework explosions. Oh, not just mental explosions. Whoa, whoa, hey, slow down there. <laughs> too <laughs> too much sharing now, Justin. <laughs> All right, you know what, Daphne, you brought it up, but I'd love, let's continue talking about your latest EP, Miliona, right? And I guess the name comes from the second half of your Chinese name, right? Hanari, yeah. hundred million, a million. Uh, what's different about this EP? What, uh, where are you at as an artist now? Well, it's my first EP is Hanari. Um, as you guys know, as Daphne Koo, I had a bunch of stuff out. I had um, albums and EPs and singles, but 
I only made the switch in 2017. And so Hanari is like fairly new, um, but the music is, I want to say more polished. Uh, it's more, it's more where I want it to be. And it's, it's annoying kind of because I can't really hit the indie market because I really want it to be up to standard and par with, you know, the people that I was making music with in LA. And so it's a frustrating place to be because I believe in it so much now and I've never been more proud of the music that I've been making. It's very bold. It's very, uh, I feel like the message between the songs are very intentional and very clear and very relatable, I want to say. Um, and I'll tell you more about the new single in just a bit. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I am really excited about it. And I'm at a point in my life where I'm really happy with the music that I'm making. And to me, that's more important. I obviously want people to love it as well, but... I am at a place where I'm happy with myself, and that's really nice. Oh, it's so sweet. That's so sweet. Justin, are you in a place where you're happy with yourself? <laughs> I, I mean... I feel like we know the answer to this question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, eh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather not be stuck in this room anymore, but yeah, I'm out in you two know. days of this quarantine saga. Ah, so anyone oh, you won the nose test recently, right? I did. They, nice. How deep? They, how deep did they go? Oh, it goes all the way, recently. It goes all the way up there. Have, have you ever? You know how they uh, mummify mummies in ancient Egypt, and they they scrape the brains out through the nose, I the nasal cavity. I imagine it feels quite like that if the mummy could feel. Yeah, like a frontal lobotomy, yeah. right? It and they like do it. So I, I didn't realize this, but they don't do this in other places. Apparently, they only do it here in Singapore. They do it in both nostrils. And they leave yep. it up there. Not just leave it up there. Leave it up there and scramble it around it for around. a full 10 seconds. Oh, you had 10 seconds. Ten yeah. Seconds. I had 15 so, twists. She had twisted 15 times. Both oh. nostrils or one? Both, both nostrils. One, okay. two, three, four, five, six, six, 15, and then the other one, yeah. Yeah, then they just go, they just go one, two, three. <laughs> three. And you're like, oh my God, we're only on three. Four. And then I was, I was tearing up. Like, it's just like I'm bawling after a bad breakup or something. It's just like, just crying like my puppy died. And so they give me this tissue and I'm just like soaking it up. And then I'm walking out and I see these two, like, they look like trash bags. And I'm like, Meep, like an asshole, just like basketball shooting in this trash bag. And then meanwhile, the lady, like Nakembe the Tumbo, failing at blocking a shot, it's like, no! And I'm like, what's your problem? And I threw it in like the biohazard bag. No. Apparently it's not where that goes. And no, she maybe lost not. her goddamn mind. She's like, they got my hair! And I'm like, I'm sorry, they both look like trash. But I said, this one's yellow! And my, I like the color yellow! And then, oh, and then she's, she's like, it's okay. It's okay. Just trying to repress the murder in her eyes. And I'm like, anyway, I'm gonna leave oh. now. And so, yeah, See, that's... Justin's uh, that person who COVID nurses go home and tell stories about. <laughs> like, a nurse is like, look, I've been having a crazy few months here, but let me tell you what this dude did. I feel like everyone who meets Justin has a story. They <laughs> like shouldn't that. put the two bags. Like, they were right next to each other. It's a yellow trash bag. I was disoriented. I just had a stick shoved up both nostrils for 20 seconds in total. And and, and, the, and the tears were still like clouding my vision. 
blurry vision, sure. But you could have tell yellow from other colors, but it's fine. Wait, you know what? I have, I have a question though. So you had to leave the hotel room to do the swab? I'm That's assuming. the only time I've left the hotel room. Yeah, but it was just the 17th floor of the hotel. So I just went up six floors. Mm. And then they let you back into the room? Yeah. Okay. You, escorted. You know what? Escorted. I'm not sure if everyone gets escorted, but they escorted me. It's the hair, Justin. They don't trust you walking around Singapore without. Or just, or just, or just me doing practicing my jump shot into biohazard bags. Also bad. Not great. Uh, okay, so I just want to clarify for anyone who's listening who's not aware of Justin's current situation. Uh, so Justin, you just got into Singapore about like about two weeks ago, right? You're ending your second week. Twelve days ago. Right. And anyone who comes into Singapore from outside of the country has to quarantine but not self-quarantine for two weeks they are supervised oh actually no anyone who's not a citizen is on watched quarantine if you're not a citizen or not a pr and from the majority of countries um you have to quarantine for two weeks at a hotel that's not true actually even if you're a citizen or a pr which i am when you come back you have to do shn i think now you can do i think now i think now you can do homestay can't you Mm-mm. Oh, not yet. Oh, really? But if you're coming from, <laughs> if you're coming from Brunei, South Korea, Japan, or Taiwan, you don't have to do shit. Yeah, it depends on the country you're coming back from. Yeah. But if you were coming back from, all of us would have come back from LA, hopefully, yeah. Alan, at some point. But yeah, you have to do that, HN. How's it been, Justin? What have been your three major activities while being locked in a fancy hotel room? Uh, three major activities would be writing. Sleep. Editing film, working out. All very boring. I was looking for something exciting. I haven't been bored. I haven't been bored at all. It's been great. I've actually, I'm a little nervous about heading back out into the outside. Like I get why people, when they're let go out of prison, they're, they like don't want to leave. This is like, I've got, I've got my little, I've got my daily routine. There's no responsibilities. Like I don't feel like I have to accomplish anything at, at, at all, which is nice. Also, there's just been like this weight lifted off my shoulders by just not being in the U.S. Like you don't realize it, mm-hmm. but as soon as I, I haven't even stepped foot in Singapore yet. I've just been in this hotel room. But even though I haven't really been able to go out and experience any kind of normal life in society, the fact that I'm not in the United States, is just like, oh. I feel like we should. Like you don't feel it anymore. You don't feel everything that's going on there in the United same way. States. Huh? So Say I that think again. we should use some sensitivity to your co-host. Who is in the United States? Oh, sorry. I, yeah, it's hard to tell okay. where you are because of the Zoom and the white wall. Yeah, I feel like we need to kind of assess or possibly adjust Justin's tone because yes, you're no longer in the states, but lots of people are and they're dying. And uh, also, kind of hard to compare your current situation with prisoners because your camera angle shows us how terrible your prison cell looks right now. No, hey. he's saying come out of prison. Hey, just want to. Hey there, snowflake. I wasn't necessarily, I was comparing the fact that I've been locked in and closing and about to experience some place that's on the outside with, this, with, a, with possibly the way that a prisoner would feel because I don't really have anything else to relate it to aside from the fact that I was in jail for 24 hours at one point. Yeah, but, so you know better that, than I do how different yeah. it is. And, then, and with regards to people that are in the US experiencing what they're experiencing, yeah, it fucking sucks. I was there. I know. I know people are dying. Well, I'm well aware. All, we've all been there this year, so we yeah. can all release. That's yeah. true. We all know what you know. The apocalypse looks like. Daphne, how now, do you feel about kind of your your um? We won't call it an escape, 
but your journey out from <laughs> out of the U.S. to Singapore, kind of during, you left right before really everything got ugly though, like right. Before. I got out as it hit, as yeah. it hit. Because I was gone in December, I think you moved there in January, right? Or December. Yeah. So I was here on tour December, January. And then I went back in February to get my stuff because I was actually, the universe just like figured it out for me. And it was like, <laughs> no America anymore, Daphne. You've been there a decade. It's time to go home. Um, so I my visa renewal was rejected. And I was like, all right, I guess I got I to gotta go back and trying to get people work for her to come back was a pain in the butt. Like I had to change my flight three or four times because the flights were getting booked out or they were really hard to get onto or they were on um, uh, airlines that wouldn't take dogs. So it was kind of like a, a, it ended up being like a three week process from when I was supposed to leave. So when it was like not really COVID COVID to like right. seeing hazmat suits at CVS, you know? And, yeah. uh, I also went from people thinking that that was ridiculous to wanting to buy hazmat suits. So I was there like as it started getting very real. And it was really sad because I didn't get to say goodbye to all my friends that I had made over the past like three and a half years. So that was really, really sad. I like cried the day that I left because my best friend picked me up and we did like a mini road trip to Malibu and then went to LAX. But it was really sad because I, I, you know, made very, very good friends in LA and, but yeah, it was falling apart when I left. Yeah. So <laughs> everyone's really happy that I'm home. But you know what? It's what is is it still does it look orange? Is the sky still orange, Alan? Uh thankfully not, but it did have some days where it was insane. And you know, it's fun, but the calamities just keep piling up, which is nice. Um, the wildfires was not something I expected at all, but Justin knows this. My family and I had to evacuate our family's house and go somewhere because there was a fire right near our backyard. Um, where, where were you? Because my friend in Santa Cruz had to do the same. So I was a little bit further north. I was in east side San Jose, so kind of like South uh, Bay Area, the South okay. Bay, they call it. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, for about, th actually, when the fires were the worst, it wasn't when the air quality and the smoke was the worst. Mm -hmm. It's as the fires kind of started to simmer down and smolder for a long time, and then more fires started. For like four days, it was like... It was like Mad Max. Everything was brown in the sky. It wasn't even like Singapore haze. It was yeah. like dark, like <laughs> ominous, like bright, like brown colored at like 10 a.m. How close did the fire get to y'all's house? To be honest, we were okay. Um, okay. We have a kind of like a, a hill range that separates a big park, like a natural park from our right. housing. And uh, thankfully the hills kind of kept a barrier. But we were within the evacuation map, even though we probably weren't as in as much danger. Was did, is the fireworks thing true? The gender reveal fireworks started the fire? Is that true? From what I hear, it is, but that's also just a widely circulated like news story. I have I don't I haven't seen proof, but yeah, sounds like they had a gender reveal party. Yeah, it's also just one of many many fires that got started by idiot idiocy, right? So yeah, I mean, it's I not, not all the fires were caused by natural causes. No, no I mean there are. Yeah, there are, um, there's always like a month or two in LA where forest fires start and sometimes they're manageable and sometimes they're not. But apparently from what I read and from what I know from living in LA, this, it wasn't the time for it. No, it's supposed to happen yeah. later, actually. It's not yeah. supposed to happen this early. We're like early in the wildfire season, which is why people are scared. But it's yeah. just because we've had some of the hottest days on record. So when it's that hot, it's drying out everything on land. And, and so- the wind it too 
Mm-hmm. On the opposite Yay. end, less, uh, less detrimental, I guess, but very strange. It's been raining a lot in Singapore and it's not even monsoon period. It's, it the is rain has been really every day. Like there's only been, every since day. I've been in quarantine, like two days of sun. Yeah, it's that is pretty, surprising. Yeah, the world is what is happening, guys? What is going on? I think the the, the world's going through a bit of a transition in a lot of regards. In every you know, regard. I mean, and also not to talk about too much American politics, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. And now Donald Trump has possibly another nomination to the Supreme Court. Yeah. He Sorry. says he's going to do it too. Of course, yeah, of course. I know. Even though Mitch McConnell and the entire Republican Senate like fought hard for Obama not to get to nominate a Supreme Court before his uh, the, that presidential election. Trump is already nominated too, right? Yeah, uh, Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh, and uh, which both yeah, of them anyway. have ended up both of them have ended up leaning towards the left on their decisions for the most part. Yeah, thank I goodness. know, which is which is shocking, which is surprising. It must piss Trump off so much. It's, yeah, he must be so mad. So Save over there, Alan. <laughs> I will. I will. I'm trying. Um, I, but I miss you guys. It's such you know that I get to LA after both of you guys left. Um, but. It's uh, I mean, soon I Alan, none of us wanted Justin to come back. It's just he decided to. <laughs> we're going to take a new direction uh, of conversation. Actually, similar to what we were talking about, you know, Justin and I are both Americans who traveled out to Asia for our work. And we, t- we talk a lot on this podcast of, about that kind of difference and what Asia sometimes looks like, especially in entertainment, through our eyes. But you have a different perspective, especially being a Singaporean who traveled to Los Angeles and who set up shop and started to create her own career in in California. I just want to know, for people who have never moved to California from Asia, what was shocking to you? What was surprising? Because there was definitely stuff for for us that we were like, this is totally different. Um, When you moved to Asia? Yeah, for us, it was, you know, quite a culture shock. But it had to have been something for you. Um, Well... California was not as jarring of a shock because I'd been studying uh, in Boston for a couple years and then lived in New York for a couple years before that. So, and I had visited LA a bunch of times because after college, a lot of people either moved to New York or Nashville or LA. Like these are the three places to make music. I just spat at my computer, sorry. Um, But (laughs) thank you. Um, Yeah, so I knew that LA was gonna be really daunting because um, in contrast to Singapore, which I'm sure you guys are aware of, everything's really far away from each other. Very sparse, places are very big. Um, And growing up as a city girl, I wasn't sure if I liked it or if it was really scary, but all I knew is when I lived in Boston and I would go to LA to do sessions and like suss it out, I didn't like it. Mind you, Uber was not a thing then. There was no car services. There was yeah. nothing. So I walked a lot. I took the bus and the, the train and I hated it. I really did. So, um, but it, it was a strategic uh, move for me and for my career to move to LA. Cause I was in Singapore for two years. That's where I met you guys um, a couple of years ago. And then I moved to LA. So that was like in the middle of my 10 year American fiasco. <laughs> um, so LA was very daunting, but when I got my car, it totally changed everything. Yeah. And I fully enjoyed it. I I got a dog. I 
I just worked a lot, which is not different from what I was doing before. So, mm. yeah. Did I you drive that. in New York? Did you drive in Boston and New York? No. So this no. Is, is this the first? Is this the first city, or LA is the first city that you had your own car driving in? Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, my when my parents came to visit, we rented a car when I lived in uh, Boston and New York, and we did like mini road trips. But I never drove um, then. But but I I because I love taking public transport. I'm a big mm -hmm. public transport. Even when I was like at my peak in Singapore, I was still taking the bus. <laughs> so do do you think uh, just kind of being in a different city influences the direction that your music goes? Like, is there a way that I Singapore influences your music as opposed to Los Angeles, as opposed to Boston or New York? I think is who you're, the resources and who you're around, yeah. really. And I mean, it's very, that's the reason I chose to leave. It's not, it, it's not necessarily because I wanted to be out of Singapore, but it was more of like, I know I can do better. I'm so grateful for the support that I'm getting here, but how can I make it better and bring it back? And it was, when I started doing music, everyone had to either sing Chinese and go to Taiwan to like make it so that you have your Stephanie Sons and your JJ Lin. Yeah. Um, but there weren't people going overseas and coming back. I mean, there were, there was a really, really big uh, female artist. I cannot, even if I remember her name, I wouldn't want to say it because this is what I heard. Right? She was like a really big star when she moved to Vegas and then came back. But then what I found out was she was just singing like at a hotel you know, but, right. but even then, like your experience and you having to play with these top notch musicians, like ends up expanding your for ability sure. to create and be better in your field. And I have to commend her for even doing that. You know, like when I was younger, I kind of like, didn't respect that. I was like, wow. So that's all she did. And she came back and was famous. Like that's ridiculous. But I think maybe at that time, that was all you could do, you know? Yeah, I mean, you can say what you want about the industry out there, but bottom line is, there's just so many incredibly talented people. And if you like, want it, if you're not wasting your time there, there's yeah. so much to learn, which I'm, and I'm grateful that I got a chance to learn. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, I, I think, I mean, that's why I think Alan and I were uh, wanting to be out there so badly. It's just, I think, not just to try and um, increase the quality level and money that we made with the work that we do, but also just to learn, just to learn new things from different people that have different mindsets and are good at different stuff. Um, and, and that's what happens when you kind of change your location, right? You're learning from different kinds of people. I think it's age too. So if I may ask, when did either of you live in LA prior to this year? Alan did. Yeah. I lived in LA for, well, I went to school in LA uh, for four years or college. And then I lived in LA for four years after that. No, two years, oh. four years, four years after that. So I had so a total of eight, eight years in LA. You what? I had a total of eight years in Los Angeles. Yeah, but oh, honestly, wow. it was very unsuccessful. And it's funny that you changed your name because I was actually going to talk to you about that. Uh, so I was trying to act and host in Los Angeles before I moved to Asia and it didn't go very well. I was not successful at all. Um, <laughs> But uh, Justin knows this story. I actually had to change my name because even though I'm half Chinese, I don't look like someone whose name is Alan Wong, at least not to a typical American audience. Mm. Uh -huh. So like I had a Chinese agent who made me drop my Chinese last name and I went by an ambiguous um, last name that was neither Asian nor Caucasian, which was Alan Matthew, which was my middle name. <laughs> I feel like you gotta have like a, a single syllable last name. Alan, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. I'll have to think about it. Like Wong, like my original. Wong, 
Wong works. Wong works. Alan Wong. Wong works in Asia. Everyone, everyone knows you here. How about that girl? Do you guys watch Agents of Shield? I'm sorry, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> That's not making make you nerd. Oh, nerdy, the no, yeah, the half Asian chick, Kristen Crook yes. from Is Smallville. She... No, the one in Agents no, no. of Shield. In Agents of. Uh, well, what's what's her name? What's her? That was the whole her, question. Is her surname Asian? Her surname is Asian, and okay. she tried to make it in Taiwan. She had one or two songs that came out, and she tried to do the whole thing. But then she came back to America, and her agent told her to take on her father's name, which was like an, a white name. I only I don't know her name. This is terrible. I'm bad yeah. at entertainment news. But um, she took that on, and then immediately got the Agents of Shield gig, where she's one of the lead characters, and just her career just rocketed from there. But I think her last name wow. is a two syllable last name, so maybe my one syllable last name is not. Uh, Wait, but you have shield. a one syllable last name, and you chose to change it. Because my last syllable, my one syllable last name is Koo, which. But it's so cool. It's. It's so cool. People mispronounce it. They can't spell it. They. It's. There's too much ambiguity. 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 Wait, but but Hanari doesn't have ambiguity in it. Okay, I have, I realized that once I changed <laughs> it. I was like, wow, well, I didn't realize that there's so many ways to pronounce this. But I thought it was very like sounded out, kind of Hanari. No, that's how I saw it. I actually never thought it might be anywhere else or any way else. So yeah. we're good to go. So Chloe Wang did change her professional name to Chloe Bennett. Chloe Bennett. Yeah. She changed her name to Chloe Bennett. So she went from Chloe Wang to Chloe Bennett. Wang is not, I feel like, a superstar last name. <laughs> well, also, Justin keeps saying Wang, but if it's W-A-N-G, it's probably it's pronounced Wong. Wong. Again, no one pronounces American, their name Wang. An American would say Wang. That's true. an American who worked in Asia for like fifteen years. I feel like I feel like I some feel Asians like call it Wang never, too. Never no know. Asian says Wang. Can That's you say not any true. Chinese words, Justin? Sorry, he's not Can you say Chinese, any Chinese words. Ni hao. Okay, oh, don't that, Alan. Come on. Oh, tai bangla. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so this, this to, to your point, Alan, and we've talked about this before, it is, it is yeah. an interesting scenario that, say, Chloe Bennett was in and that, you, and that you're in as, as well, being half Asian, but don't necessarily look Asian enough to have the last name there. Because even with the industry being incredibly diversification friendly out there and Asian kind of being a trendy thing to be right now, it's yep. a weird scenario if you don't look Asian enough because now you've yeah. got the Asian last name but as a, to an American you don't really look Asian and so it's like you're in this weird no man's land as far as castings are concerned and they and don't know what to do with you. Also to Asian Americans you don't represent necessarily the Asian American community even right. if my name might be the same as them mm -hmm. I don't look as fully Chinese as they do. Yeah. But it's so funny because that last name Wong I think really helped me work when I was in Asia. Oh, for sure. And while, so while it was a thing that held me back in America, it was something that actually was an added benefit, an unearned benefit in, in Asia. It's just weird. Mm -hmm. I think everything happens for a reason, you know? So you're there, you changed your name. Wait, your actual name is Alan Wong, right? Yeah, okay. yeah my, my actual name <laughs> is Alan Wong. So I, maybe it's just what was meant to be, you know? Definitely, I got a question because we're just we're talking about being Asian American and the Asian community within America, and um, 
you you weren't Asian American, but you have spent quite a bit of time in America, especially in three different places where there are Asian American communities. And when you speak English, you you almost sound Asian American. So I'm curious, did people think you were an Asian American? Did you have friends um, that thought you were born here or anything like that? Yes, actually, fun fact, I'm Australian Asian. <laughs> exactly, a, a different uh, so side I'm of the world. But yeah. White on the inside, but uh, yeah, I think I, it's funny because I did have an opportunity to speak at an American Asian. So someone reached out and then I had a meeting with them and, but and it was for the Asian American community, which I actually, funnily enough, had a Singaporean friend in New York also participate in the, in the whole community. It was like a cross, Amer across America kind of community thing. And they go and do little workshops and forums and stuff once a month. Um, but it was, I, I didn't end up doing it because the meeting ended up being really weird because he wanted me to be more Asian. And I was like, Ooh. I I don't understand. And he was so upset that I didn't want to appeal to my Asian community with my music. And I was like, I feel like I shouldn't aim at anyone with my music. I feel like everyone yeah. should enjoy it. You know, oh. I shouldn't be out there going like, hi, I'm Chinese. Please support my music more. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, like, I'm, what? <laughs> no it's one not has you. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> How exactly did he want you to be more Asian? He wanted me to be more like, more gun towards my Asian community and saying like, oh, you should appeal to these people first and then mm. everyone else will follow. And I will, I mean, I'm an independent artist. I do everything myself down to like graphic design. Sometimes I hire people to do graphic design, but I am in charge of everything. I do the marketing, the PR, everything myself. And so the last thing I want is to have to target it to a specific amount of people and then hope yeah. that it grows from there. How about, I make good music and then hope people yeah. like it. Like that's my trajectory so far. And I mean, I haven't been completely incredibly financially successful, but I feel like I've been creatively successful and mm. I love what I do and I'm proud of my work, you know? So it was just very frustrating to me because I kept going like, I don't think that I, to answer your question, he wanted like, his stuff, it was more satirically targeted towards Asian, but he was making videos, so it's different. It was more mm -hmm. obvious. Um, and I wasn't sure how to go about that. And he was like, oh, you should target the Asian festivals and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I would apply for all the festivals if I could, yeah. you know, but I, I don't, first off, I don't know how to do that. I don't have enough time. Like I'm just constantly writing all the time and trying to sell stuff so that I can pay my rent and sell music, not stuff, I, I made music. and. Yeah, so it was, it was kind of a frustrating situation. Then from there on, I kind of uh, avoided, not, I didn't avoid the um, Asian American community, but it is very um, exclusive. It's not inclusive, hmm. if that makes really? any sense. Not, not in a bad way. If I'm sure when you're, when I was like kind of dipping my toes into it, it felt very nice to be in, but I've, I've been, um, I want to say a loner, but also very, like I have a bunch of friends and many yeah. acquaintances and friends in different areas. So to be like, oh, we, we only hang out with this type of people. I was like, I don't know if I can do that. Like, it is, is clicky. That's it. That's in Los I mean. Angeles, yeah. it's because you've got that whole scene. Alan, you know about this whole scene there in LA of all these Asian actors or musicians, and they're all very pro 
any Asian making it in any way in Hollywood, and that's all they care about. All they care about. Like, that's it. That's yeah. all that matters to them. And they and only hang out with Asians to that are trying yeah. to make it in Hollywood, and that's it. That's their group. That's their comfort zone. So the reason that they maybe, maybe they're too, too much of an extreme, but I have been part of those communities. And there's a, yeah. a theater called East West Players in Los Angeles, which is specifically mm-hmm. an Asian theater troupe. Um, I agree that a lot of the Asian entertainment community is insulated and, and they look out for each other. But I think one of the reasons that it's come to that is because, as you guys know, representation within American mm-hmm. entertainment for specifically Asian males, but also Asian female and Asian males has been ridiculous. And so I think yeah. a lot of ridiculous how? As ridiculous as an underrepresented or represented in, in ridiculous. Do you think that's the case tropes. now or in the past? It's getting less so now, but it's still not quite there. I still think it's partially there. I mean, it's, I, I, I'd venture to say it's getting pretty damn good now. Oh, it's getting better, but like it's, at the same time, it's not, it's not close. I mean, I'm not I saying mean, as, an, as an Asian trying to make it in, in the entertainment industry that you should be content with where it is now, but I think, or you should stop fighting for more representation, but I think you should be pretty happy with the way things are going at this juncture, don't I you think? I completely disagree. No, okay. don't you, like, like so, you know the guy from, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say the guy from Hawaii Five-0 had to quit because the Asian actors weren't making the same amount of money as the fellow white really? actors Really? Okay, I didn't show. know this. Oh, it's but, not even close to being okay yet. Wow. But it's not even just the pay or the way that um, we're looked at as Asians. And I, I don't know if this is, this is just what I'm seeing from the outside as an Asian watching American mm. TV. It's that Asian roles are very specific. I don't know why that has to be the case. You know, like you're, it's the same as like uh, black black actresses or in theater, they are only asked to sing specific songs when they apply for, when they audition for theatrical roles because people are accustomed to seeing them in a certain role. And I feel like that is still a misrepresentation and not not being able to be seen as an equal, as an actor or as a musician. I feel like that is still the fight that we're trying to have and how, I mean, for music, it's a little easier because you listen to it, you don't have to Mm. watch it to judge it so I can hide behind uh, animation or whatever to for people to just listen. I can just gorillas it up and not be seen as anything but a cartoon character. Um, but I think with acting, it's different because you guys are like cubbyholed into yeah. roles. Yeah, and I, I think- To be fair, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say no, not just, just Asian actors, right? All actors are cubbyholed into something. roles that and, fit and, what they look like. And so it's an issue it's a visual medium. It, it, it's a visual medium. It makes sense. Um, is it right all the time? No. But does it make sense? And is it right some of the time? Yeah. yeah. You know, I, mean, I would agree. Visual medium. Um, There's a reason that people do it. I get it. But it, it would be nice to, to have a blank slate when you walk into an audition. Is all yeah. You, you can't. I mean, because yeah. you've, you've <laughs> it's, again, visual medium. Like you, and especially right, yeah. especially these days, um, there's a lot of emphasis placed on making sure you're playing the proper race. Again, yeah. Yeah. pros and cons to that. Because you're, again, cool. you're not gonna get that blank slate when you walk up, because it's, it's been upon your race. Because of the, 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 of the emphasis on representation and making sure that, um, you know, why isn't the, an, an Arabic person playing this role as opposed to uh, a Mexican guy or Indian guy, right? Because it's an Arabic right role, right? 
Yeah, I think that maybe a better way to look at it is even if you were white, like if you don't fit the description of the role, you're still not going to get, it, you know, so maybe that in true. that way. Yeah. yeah you know, but if so the guy and you're a jock, like, bro, you ain't in. <laughs> the, the weird thing is that characters have race stipulated before mm -hmm. it's been cast and that it's oftentimes worked into the story. And you know what? I don't think that's wrong necessarily. We're a racialized culture um, and a racialized society here in America. Unfortunately, it's never been more obvious than it is now that we're a racialized uh, society. But I just hope and I look forward to the day that characters can be any ethnicity and it doesn't need to be explained in the script or it doesn't need to be like noted upon where there could be a Chinese male character as the main character of some show but he's dating maybe a different ethnicity, but it never even talks about whether he's Asian or not. He just, he just yeah, is Asian, totally. but the story has nothing to do with race or ethnicity. I, mean, I think that's, that's surely, that's surely that's happening already. It, right? it does, no, yeah. it does happen sometimes. And there, I think, um, and the bottom yeah. line is, is race is a thing and it's an important part of our cultures and our societies, no matter what place we are in the world. And it's gonna reflect yeah. that in the art. And so it is gonna be, it is gonna continue to be a thing uh, with regards to scripts that are being written or, or our music or our, I mean, this is just, this is who we are. But it doesn't yeah. always have to be, right? No, it doesn't always have to when, when it does, when it is specified, I think it should be for a purpose. But sometimes I think right now we have a default state where everything is racialized. It doesn't, then maybe we could have a, some more stuff where race doesn't matter. Okay, but before we get to talking a bit more about Daphne's music, since we're on this topic, I want to I want to hear y'all's thoughts because we need to get to music and Daphne and her amazing. Yeah, I want to talk about your her new her new. But story. before we do that, because we're talking about it already, surely you guys have heard about the uh, Academy Awards um, guidelines we're now to be right now, to be eligible right. to be eligible to win Best Picture. Your just thoughts. To, just. For our audience, Justin, before we get into the conversation, go ahead and explain it in detail and to the best you can so that we start off from the same place. Okay, and feel free to jump in, Alan, just in case I, I, I'm not getting this exactly right. Basically- I think um, you know better than me, though. I don't think I do. I, I don't really know what the exact stipulations are, but the Academy for the category of Best Picture has now put in place these guidelines that are supposed to not just promote representation, but, but force uh, productions down the path of uh, more representation uh, in order for them to be um, able to be submitted into the best picture category for the Academy Awards. And the guidelines are pretty loose. They're loose guidelines. Like I think, I think there's, it's what, does it have to be two out of the four? Or is it two out of the five? Alan? Uh, it is it is something minimal like that. Like and they put like, a lot of categories and you can like represent a small number of them. And it's it's something like you have to have thirty percent of your cat one of them is thirty percent of your cast has to be of an under represented group. And right. the, but but I mean basically it's like basically as long as it's not a straight male. So basically most cast straight white straight, straight white, white male. male. Straight white male. Yeah. So so basically the vast majority of films right now in today's age, especially if they're going to be up for that yeah. category, already fit already, that category. Already qualified. And then it's, it goes down, goes from there with the other ones with regards to the production, with regards to blah, 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 blah. And I'd say we, even without this, 100% of the films in that category probably meet it. 
just yeah. about in some way. Yeah. Right. So what do you think so about we, the fact that they did this? So is it just lip service then? Is it just for them to? It's sound total lip like service. Doing it's totally good? pandering to the. It's pandering to the left. Um, it's trying to be PC. Uh, it's total pandering. Um, but and, and marketing. Okay, marketing. I get how that can be kind of sleazy, especially. Mm -hmm. It's like a lot of companies jumped on to the hashtag Black Lives Matter after it was already a very easy thing for yeah. companies to agree to. They're like, oh, now that people all understand, mm -hmm. you know, we're a part of it too. But is it pandering to the left? I, I don't know if it is. Maybe Why is it pandering. even, it, maybe it doesn't go far enough though. And it's like, if it's too loose of a stipulation, maybe it doesn't go far enough. Or are you I saying there's no I, point see, in having I, it anyway? I think this is fucking horrible. Why? Why are you having this checklist for the art that people are creating? Why are you setting this precedent for the, basically the, 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 the award that's held in the most high esteem in our industry, and you're making a checklist to deem it worthy enough to be given this award? I mean, not based on its artistic merits. I mean, this is an award that already, you look at the, a lot of the, 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 the movies that have won, already, this checklist has already been put in place. But now they're just making it obvious and forcing people that if they want to be, um, you know, deemed worthy to to follow down, follow in line with this. Why? What? What is? Maybe I mean, as an artist, I think it is horrible. I think this is because, a step in the back. I think it's a step in the wrong direction. I think it's a stupid idea. Yeah, but you're too you're too against being PC, Justin. In my personal opinion, you rail on the P idea of being. I, I am against. Yeah, you I'm against being yeah, PC when it's stupid. See, and who decides when it's stupid? Justin in a party of one. His subjectivity is what's going to determine what's stupid what, PC for the rest of the world. What good comes can from happen. This? What good comes from this? Wait, I will say fostering diversity and convincing people that diversity is something important to adhere to, not only adhere to but commit to. But you can't uh, ram it down people's throat when art is is at stake. Why are you so precious of art? It's all art, even if it's been. Home not if you're not getting to make what you want, what you believe in. Sorry, Daphne, you were saying? Um, I mean, from what you're saying, it sounds political, but I will say that given the platform that it is and how much people respect it and watch it, um, putting those rules in place, especially if a lot of them already follow those rules, could be a way to get people who are creative and, and artistic and are incredible at what they do kind of a challenge, but also to put in place... Um, representation that they might not have or thought of before, even if, because let's say the, you need 30% of your cast to be a minority or underrepresented mm -hmm. group of people, you're probably gonna, you can make um, one background person, I don't know the terms for these, I'm sorry, <laughs> or like half of your, um, what are they called when you like get paid 50 bucks to stand in the background, the Cal Fair, like, Background. Background, background, background actor background. is exactly correct. Yeah. You make them a minority, but the, but the fact is that it kind of pushes, I'm trying to be like the devil's advocate for what you're thinking, just mm -hmm. to give it a, maybe a different view. Um, but if it wasn't put in place, then I feel like people, I mean, it could just be lip service. It could just be pandering, but it also is in a way a, the responsibility of the people up top to do something rather than do nothing to keep in time with, to keep in line with what's happening now and, and at least do something about it rather than doing nothing. It's just, you already have in Hollywood right now, this is, this is already happening. Like you've got, 
camera, like there are productions that are choosing their cinematographers based upon their ethnicity and gender. Like, but that's giving them an opportunity because like, it's not the at all. I mean, it's, but I Justin, mean, why it's, is that, it's why happening, is that wrong? it's happening. What about the best person for the job? But I mean, there's it's, so it's, many amazing it's good, to, it's good to happen to an there. extent. It's good to happen. It's good to have it to an extent. But I mean, when it's shoved down your throat as a rule, like it's one thing to- It's not a rule. It's, it's one thing it's not, to represent it's illegal to make a movie for. unless you represent. They're not saying it's, it's illegal true, I mean, again, to make this. It's, it's the fact that it's the Academy Awards. It's, it's, but it's the Academy problem. Awards is not, is not meant to, it's still, even though we expect it to be an objective, like, like force an agent of the people that is publicly owned and therefore can stand for all of our beliefs. It's not, it's a private institution. But yeah. Let me put it to you this way. If, if the Grammys were ever, okay, one nominee has to be from a minority group for best song, for best singer, I would be like, hell yeah, because we get washed out by yeah. everyone in the in you know so it's and it's never going to be a rule which is fine because the best song should win but politically yeah. asian people are never gonna unless we give them a shit ton of money it's never gonna happen i i i, I and i get that i totally do and and you know and i i just don't i feel like when it comes to the academy awards like this battle's been won like no look at, the, look at the look at the the as far as the movies that have been nominated for this no, award about, in, in recent winning. history? Winning. Oscar So White. Wait, recent history? Have you not heard of the hashtag Oscar So White for the last yeah, like, but, three, four okay. years? But look like the as Oscars far have as, a bad but as rap far as this as far as them making this stipulation for this award, like it's been pretty diverse. Maybe it doesn't have the eff any effect that you think it should if they wanted to, and therefore it's stupid. But it, either way, in my personal opinion, it's standing for something. I don't think it should it says have more. What side of for this I know award? I know you don't for this think award. So, but either whether it has an effect or not, I think it stands for something, and it shows people who don't agree with diversity out there that we do, and that they do, and that. No, see, but I, see, I agree with diversity. I disagree I with this stipulation. I think diversity is great. I'm not against diversity. I think there should be more representation. I agree with diversity. I don't agree with the way that it is being funneled down artists' throats in this I, I emblematic award that symbolizes uh, kind of the pinnacle of art in, in this industry. That's what I don't but, agree with. I think you're, but I think you're looking too big picture here. I think if I think you we narrow have to it down- big picture. Sure, but if you're just looking big picture, then you forget all the elements that make up. And Justin, you're someone that does everything. You're an actor, a, a screenwriter, a director. You can hold a camera. Yeah, you, you filmed me before. Yeah, you can do everything. So the truth is, unless you're on the ground and understand and you're in line with, um, let's say, I'm in line with... Uh, 18 other women, some are Asian, some are Latina, some are white. And you know what? In terms of skill, we're all here. But because, but the white girl always gets chosen. And I think having a stipulation where, I'm saying if all of us have skills that are up to par, that mm -hmm. we are all the best people for the job, yeah. then having a stipulation state that I get an opportunity because I'm Asian, and that actually works in my favor, which it would never in any other circumstance is maybe the reason that they put these implementations in place. 
Maybe. I'm just yeah, saying that. I mean, I, I, and again, I totally get what you're saying. But, and, I, and I get why there needs to be a fight for more representation. I'm not arguing that. And I think it's going very, very well. I think it's going better than Alan does. You're wrong. <laughs> Um, I mean, but you can't, you can't expect it to happen overnight, A, and you can't, if you, if you try and strong arm your way into it, you're gonna, you're gonna set, you might end up setting yourself back and, and pushing other people that would otherwise be a part of your fight out of your zone. You, you know, could say the I same think, thing about police brutality and fighting against it right now. You can you say, oh, you know what, 100%. it's too much. You can't, don't push so far. You're going to offend the other side and it's going to go too far. Don't force I think you can't push too far. Point, at some point, you have to force it. So, okay, Justin, I'm not going to be as nice as Daphne is about this, but I'm going to ask you, I'm going to let you rant. I'm actually going to give you an opportunity. Oh, no, don't do it. I'm curious. Don't do it. Okay, No, on. no, I'm going to give you the opportunity you that you deserve. To come. No, not yet, because I'm going to, we're going to frame this real quick, because I actually right. want to know, not even for the podcast, because I love this conversation. This is good stuff. Go ahead. Let me start off, and then you'll know when it's your turn. Okay, Justin. <laughs> Daphne, thank you so much for allowing this to happen. I want to know, Justin, why you're so against the idea of it being necessary to have a diverse representative project to be considered for the highest, what you consider the emblematic, the highest accolade possible within filmmaking. Okay. Now, I know you said, before you go, you said you don't like the idea of an artist being told what to do and how to make their art, right? Mm -hmm. Especially, I'm sure that freedom of speech is a very important thing for you. Yes. And so I th I'm sure that part of this feels like it infringes upon that for you as well. You a are bit, limiting a little bit, not massively, freedom, right? but a little bit, yes. Sure, a little bit, right? Um, and you say that you feel as though they're ramrodding or shoving these regulations and restrictions down an artist's throat, and that shouldn't be happening, right? And do I have it right so far? Yeah, let's go with yes. So more, more so, okay. So why are you so mad about needing to follow these regulations just to get the very highest accolade when you could make your movie any way you want to you could do whatever kind of art you want with whatever type of casting you want to but if you want to be considered for this one specific really high honor then you not only have to have great cinematography mm. you not only have to have to have great sound editing you not only have to have great directing you have to have also very honestly representative mm. cast Agreed. Like, why can't that also be another strength in your production? You, you can't allow someone with terrible editing to win the award. No, but why are you I, forcing me to have good editing? Why are you forcing me to have good timing? I, like, I get what you're saying. And what you're not getting, I don't think you're getting my main reason for- Which is- My main reason turn. for That's having what, a problem with yeah. this is the symbolism of it, is what it's emblematic of. Okay. I agree with everything you just said, but my problem is it with it is, the, is, is what it represents. That's what does it problem. represent to you? What does it represent to you? Why is that scary? It's scary to me because it's setting a precedent where that it might be okay to tell people how to make their art. Just for this award. You tell you but tell it's, but it's the biggest award. But it's the biggest okay. award. That's the problem. And it's getting and it's getting all this media coverage. There's this precedent. That's this is how this type of shit starts. I mean, historically. Um you 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 set it, you set you 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 let it happen once at the biggest most emblematic part you go ah this is one and then uh, other people are like oh we're gonna do this too and now you've got your now you're you might have a fucking problem you know i mean well, why? That, that, why? that's why it's scary for me that's why, why it's a diversity be why can't diversity be one more thing that can set an amazing project above another by a little bit we have all these other attributes that we assess 
we have all these other attributes that we assess, right? Mm -hmm. In deciding what is the best picture. Why can't having a diverse and representative cast or and uh, crew also be one of those attributes that we use to assess it? Because it's it's not it's not a core principle of the art. People, it's a, a person's a person's, a person's race isn't a core principle of the actual technical abilities of what is of of, of what you're creating. Okay. Okay, well, art's not all technical. And yes, it is. Casting is a technical component of the art. Yeah, okay. But I mean, movies. Is there, movies, is there an award movies. for casting? Yeah, of course. There's casting directors. Casting directors award. awards? I didn't know. Best this. casting. You didn't know there's best casting? No, I didn't. Yeah. I better check to make sure there is. <laughs> let's, we're not, let's we're not going to agree directions. on this. We have fundamentally different beliefs on this matter. I, what I was going to say is that growing up um, in in Singapore and loving music and wanting to be that to be my entire career, mm. I realized that a lot of movies, TV, music, and fashion are all the pillars of um, the time. They're mm. very time stamped in 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 representing different eras. And I think um, having someone in a position of power to be able to make sure that we're staying true to what the times are could be, I'm not saying that I get, get your frustration because having a, as a creator, having, wanting to get your stuff into a, a place that will give you some credit and then being forced into different criteria is very frustrating. So I, I get where you're coming from, but it's also being someone who's been on the inside of it and being yeah. like a little here that wants to make it work and being seen, no matter how small my role is, like I get why they do it too. And I think it is really important that we try and look at our industry in a way that's um, not only, like you said, big picture stuff, you know, where we are in it and how, and also to be positive about whatever is going on, even if it is frustrating, because being, there's it, there's too much shit going on to be yeah, sad about. I, mean, I, I get the positive, <laughs> I get the positive aspects of what they're doing with this. I just also think it's dangerous. And I and I see where you're, you're going with that, but until it actually gets there, you don't gotta worry too much about it. I mean, it's it's not as it's not as dangerous as the fire that's encroaching upon Alan's house, but I mean. <laughs> Uh, they both are pretty hot right now. Um, <laughs> actually, uh, kind of staying in line with this, but back to, back to you, Daphne, because you were talking about uh, kind of being funneled down this path, or, or somebody trying to funnel you down this path of Asianness, or being more Asian while you're in the States. Hmm. Do you have that same pressure here in Singapore? Um, no, because it's hmm. I, I don't know a good analogy for this um to make my point more clear but uh it's it's more of like i'm part of a minority in america and therefore the need to stand out is very important however coming back here i'm part of a majority and therefore i don't have to do shit <laughs> like i mean it's not that i don't have to do shit it's more of like i don't need to explain myself because the majority of people already understand me and i like me reaching out to the masses is the same as me reaching out to my race. But mm -hmm. also growing up in Singapore, I'm so blessed that I don't see, I mean, everyone's a little bit racist, let's be real. But yeah. I don't really, I don't really see the difference in um, having a 
Chinese best friend or a white best friend or Indian best friend or a Malay best friend. We all grew up together. We all take a shit the same. I mean, I grew up with this mentality. Do we though? You know, Actually, um, I think I think some people take shits differently. The shit I only comes know how I take a shit. I, I don't know how else you take a shit. Well, I mean, I think some people may have different methods or little rituals that they go through uh, while and before taking a shit. Got, when it comes to the nitty gritty, yeah. we're all made of the same shit. You know, maybe formed a little differently or different elements come together. But at the same, what I'm saying is that I grew up in a society where I didn't see that. And I'm glad I didn't because then yeah, I the don't shit, see- The shit coming, you didn't see the shit. I see the shit come out of my dog's ass and I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah I mean, for the, for the most part, Singapore is a country that definitely seems to handle the, the multiracialness and multi-ethnic and multicultural, multi-religious components of its tiny country very well. Very well. I when agree. you're considering what, how other countries are able to handle these things, you know, I, I, granted there's, there's, there's obviously it's not perfect and there's complaints to be made, but when you look at the end result. I trust you to find those complaints. It, I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking out the window right now and yeah. it, it's looking pretty, looking pretty peaceful. Well, here's the thing. If you're not allowed to have wars, you're not, you're never going to have any race wars. Like if you're, if you're, like if, if you're not, a, if you're not, a, like if it's illegal to like curse at someone in the street or if it's illegal to punch someone in the face, then different ethnicities aren't going to get into fights because no I matter what your ethnicity, say, you're probably going to do. I have a lot to say about this actually, because I do feel like if I'm on so many, there are so many elements to this conversation, but I will walk you through two levels of it. One, people need to be, angry enough to do that and and um like fuck the rules and just and start a riot so people don't people are peaceful enough here that they don't feel the need to do that so that's a representation of our government even if they say you're not allowed to do this if if you were angry enough you would do it anyway let's be real second my second point to that is though uh the culture in asia is to not feel anything so i don't know if it's because we're not allowed to feel or because we're very (laughs) It's very confusing. Right. <laughs> That's my dilemma. I, I'm here to bring the feels to Asia. <laughs> I hope. Aww. And you're going to make them feel I, I, I with your new album that's coming out really soon. <laughs> Called Millennia. <laughs> tell us about this album. Millennia. Millennia. Okay, so the new single that just came out is called Why Didn't You Say So? And it was, I'm starting to do a lot of, um, you know, I write a lot about my life. And back in the day when I was writing a lot of pop music, I just wanted to write pop music. It wasn't, mm-hmm. and, and I'm down to heart. I mean, down to it, I am a songwriter at heart is what I wanted to say. <laughs> and um, I love the idea of, I mean, music is the best way that I represent myself. It's the best way I communicate. It's the most honest that I can be. So Henry is like a representation of that in a very polished package um, on a very, small budget (laughs) and um why didn't you say so was about you know that time where you kind of start dating and then you're not sure if it is what it is or it isn't what it isn't and if anyone's just like have everyone's just having fun or if it's something else or but it's that point in time where we you try to make that decision and no one is happy with it and then it's like well can't we just have a really honest conversation about what it is you want and what it is i want and then come to a conclusion, but no, it's just this unspoken thing that's like, I mean, 
Justin, you know me long enough to know that I am, I just say how I feel sometimes yeah. before I processed it, but I am just very honest and I let how I process. And I think that's because you, you know yourself very well. And I think you, you, um, tried. you tried, I think, but I think you do. And, and, and you, and you probably understand your emotions quicker than your average person maybe as well. Maybe, but anyway, in yeah. this situation, it was not reciprocated and it was just, I just got the backlash of very, um, like a, someone who was very butthurt. And I was like, why didn't you say so? I mean, you did, we could have had a conversation about this. It could have gone very well. And so this whole song is just basically about that. <laughs> is, is it based on a specific uh, instance and a specific experience or is it just based on like a collective of stuff? It was, it, if you listen to the song and listen to the words, you'll, it's pretty specific. I want to say, I, I want to say it's specific, but it's very, it's very relatable. Cause I feel like, especially in the day of modern dating, um, everyone wants to have fun, you know, but nobody knows, like everyone's always in different places in their lives. Sometimes a lot of the time I've never wanted to be in a relationship for a big part of my life. And then when I did, I was like, oh no, nobody else wants this either. <laughs> what, do I, what do I do? <laughs> so it was very confusing for me. I was making that transition to like date for fun and then date mm. to, you know, whatever for future um, has been a very confusing journey for me, but that's pretty much a lot of what the whole album is about. So your whole album is kind of, it's about dating or the modern relationship or dating in the modern times. It, yeah, it is about modern relationship. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, I want to say that it's like the black mirror of, of music, but it's not that Ooh. deep. <laughs> it's really not. Whoa. Now, okay, now, now I'm I getting want, excited. Can I get the album now? <laughs> can I get an early pre-released album? Well, I I don't want to love you is already out, and I yeah. it, I don't want to love you. I feel like every single I've already song, heard that song twenty times. I need more. Uh, <laughs> you were one of the first people to preview it actually at third and like months ago. It's great. I think a year ago actually, um, but yeah. And then the next single comes out October thirtieth. It's called Be the One, and um, and then the last single that is not really a single. It just comes out because it's a four song EP. Um, but I feel like every single episode can be tied to kind of like a Black Mirror episode. Um, so Be The One is, or Play Nice actually, the last song is, mm -hmm. I was inspired by the episode St. Junipero, St. Juna. It's the one with the two ladies. Have you guys watched Black Mirror? Yes. Yes, but I don't know which one you're talking about. So their minds get um, implanted into uh, of hard drive where they just live forever. And the both of them have wanted to be, um, wanted to, they're both girls and they both wanted to love girls in their time and were never able to, but they find themselves in the program and yeah. are able to fall in love. Yeah. Cool. So, but the, but the vibe of it is very 80s, very neon, very- Is that the whole that album has that vibe? Yes, the whole album is cool. very, very Prince uh, driven Ooh. because my producer is, a Floridian prince. <laughs> no, he's like a Floridian version of prince is what I mean. Okay. He's not a prince in Florida. <laughs> um, I was like, are there princes in Florida? <laughs> yeah, I realized how it came out after I said so it. So that, ex uh, that explains the pants you're wearing in the first music video. Yes. What? There's <laughs> only one music video. I expect there's going to be more, but the first one. Is there going to be yeah. more music videos? I hope so. I shot a half of this with Drew, who was my producer, and half of it with Adam on like a zero dollar budget. <laughs> so that's what Adam's I'm good like, for. 
in roller skates. I'm holding the light myself. <laughs> Can you see it? Can you see? It? Yeah, um, but it, but it looks great. Adam did a great job. He did an incredible job. He honestly. could definitely pull off a second music video. What a reliable. Uh, and I'll hold, I'll hold the light this next time. Justin's great at holding lights. That way you can hear the new song. That way you can hear the new song. Is that the only way I get to hear the new song? By holding no. the light? What did you say, Alan? Sorry. Oh, I said Justin's great at holding lights. So you could, you'd be hard pressed to find a better light holder. I mean, look at those guns. He's steady, yeah, at least steady hands. Steady hands. Wait, so <laughs> Hanari, tell, tell anyone who's listening, tell our listeners where they can find the song that already just dropped, where they can find your music video, and also where they can look out for the new ones that are gonna be coming out. Okay, so you can go to my Instagram. Actually, everything's on my Instagram. I have a link tree uh, link in my bio that has links to everything. Um, my new single, my new music video that's coming out on Tuesday. I don't know when this is gonna air, so the 22nd. Tomorrow. Really? <laughs> Around then. The day after tomorrow. <laughs> Um, and I have a mini documentary series actually that I'm putting out in supposed to come out today actually but I'm gonna postpone it because it's I realize that I have to do a lot more work on everything so and I'll put I'll put back. links to all of this well I can't put it on Instagram but I'll put links to all of it on the YouTube uh, it's just channel. at ITS all of it just send me a list of the links it just, it just, my Instagram link is fine because it, it, it's in the bio. No, no, but, we need the actual links. Yeah. People don't and click not, twice. They only click once. Yeah. Not bit.ly links. We need the full URL, yeah. the full 75 character URL. <laughs> okay. Y'all tell me what you need. I'll get it to you, Stan. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I it's called the doc, the mini documentary series is called Making It. It's about seeing if I ever make it. <laughs> So it's ongoing. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This was really fun. Yeah. Daphne's good. like, I want to end the podcast. Yeah, I was like, like I was I, I was gonna go anymore. another hour, but Daphne's like, uh, no, and I, I'm I, out. I thought you asked me for my links because it was ending. And I was like, oh, you should thank everyone. Is there, is, there, is there anything else we want to talk about? So much. Up to you. Okay, to what you do you want to talk about? Me now, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, She's like, no, I want to go. <laughs> like I'm put on spot now. I mean, we can talk about. I want to say, state for the record, that this album, this EP, was done a year ago. Like mm -hmm. literally last November, it was done. We toured it December and January. <laughs> I see. Oh, we see snowball. She's dreaming, probably. And um, and it's been a real journey of mine as a pop art, as a pop writer, to be able to watch trends and try to follow it and try to create what's coming next. So when this single hadn't come out yet and then Dua Lipa put out Future Nostalgia, Miley Cyrus put out, um, I wanna say the song's called Midnight, but she just put out a retro-ish album, mm -hmm. uh, single. And it made me feel like, you know, really proud of myself to be able to have caught that curve yeah. as an independent artist. I didn't have, a, I don't have a label. I don't have anyone to guide me with that. But um, my question here in saying all this, it's, it's not just to pat myself on the back, but it's also to ask if you guys feel like TV and movies mm. have a curve that they follow or is it something that is like the most innovative thing or the most relatable thing or like, what is it that makes TV or film pop or make it, is it a, the times? Is it the content? Is it the actor yeah. or everything? At least, uh, I mean, I don't know how, how you feel about this, Alan, but um, as far as me, there's, especially when it comes to 
more of the funded, heavily funded type productions, there's a curve they're trying to catch. Yeah, there's a curve. There's definitely curves they're trying to catch. Things that are hot or hot. People will be like, oh, this is in right now. Let's give this funding and let's make this film now. As a, Whereas another idea might come across somebody's desk and they'll be like, ah, we could have made this 10 years ago, but it's not right for now. Or, ah, not, we're not ready for this film yet. We're not going to give you the funding. Fortunately, if you're an indie film production and you're not necessarily concerned about the money, you can just pull the trigger. And a lot of times those are the films that end up uh, blazing the trail to what it does end up becoming hit. Much yeah. in the same way as music, I imagine. So I found it super interesting, Daphne or Hanari, um, how you were talking about the predictive element in your music writing and especially in your pop music creation. And I hadn't, I hadn't thought about how analyzing the current situation in the industry and then predicting what you think that is going to evolve into within the time period that you can get it made and release it so that you can catch that right moment. I guess I hadn't thought about that within music making, but it makes a lot of sense that you do that. Um, yeah. I don't know, Justin, what do you think? I guess my instinct would be that it seems like to get a project made, I think that you made a great point, to get a project made and get someone to green light it and give you money to make it, it feels like it needs to be of the moment and of the trend yeah. and of a certain, because as audiences, for sure audiences go through um, periods of digesting specific content. I mean, how long well, have we been in the superhero? We've been in a superhero trend for how long now, right? It's, it's, it's always been but I mean, cool. but even, right? but I'm not, not even, right? it's, I mean, it's, it's become its own genre and within that genre, it is, it is changing, right? Like, oh yeah, absolutely. like now it's you're, dark, now you're uh, really getting these, these dark kind of methodical, slow moving type superhero films that aren't very cartoonish or Disney in any way. And they're, they're begun, they're, they're morphing into this something that's very different. I think it started with that last Wolverine film, really. Um, but I think it, it's also the advent of streaming technology that's made these um, like adventure superhero high budget TV shows like a thing mm -hmm. because the, like you see it become the quality get better and better yeah. and um, it's you're watching it on your TV screen, but the money keeps coming in. Subscriptions get higher. The the better the content. Yeah. Now we're stuck at home. Everyone's watching it. So it's kind of like I feel like money funnels it. But my okay. So my question, riffing off of what you said, Alan, is if you need money to make something of the moment, then when it finally comes out, isn't it passed? So that's why that's a great point. That's why I was going to bring up this next point. I feel, and I'm not sure if you think this, I feel like it's harder to be predictive within a television or filmmaking industry versus music, or maybe people aren't trying to be as predictive. I feel like projects get made, they're similar to projects they are doing really well of the time, mm -hmm. but the projects that come out and set the trend within film and television, I feel like those aren't of any trend, that they're oh, like something completely brand new. Think of something like Fleabag. Yeah. And you know how Flea, when Fleabag came out, like that set a whole new trend and a whole new direction for television entertainment to go of like direct address to the camera and stuff. So I'm yeah. wondering if film is more of the moment, music's more predictive, I don't know. I think that it's, I think that you are right and wrong at the same time. So let me explain. <laughs> um, I write a lot for K-pop, J-pop, like all the Asian pop stuff. Um, and as in fashion, Asia is kind of behind a couple of seasons. So, uh, in terms of, and a lot of this is because, <laughs> so, a lot of this is because um, 
a lot of like Gaga tracks or Beyonce tracks mm. that didn't make it anywhere, but they were like high tier producer quality tracks ended up being sold to Korea and people write on those tracks. Therefore, the trend was anything that was hot um, in like 2015 is now hot 2017. Took them two years to make the tracks, market it and push it out. And therefore it is really easy to write for the Asian market if you have a reference of who the singer is and right. what was hot two years ago in America. So that makes it that makes really sense. To write for them. It's not that I, I have a bunch of cuts, but I have a few to say that at least I kind of know what I'm doing. Um, but in terms of America, if you look at people like Calvin Harris, Benny Blanco, um, Zed even, they have, they are ahead of the curve. They want to do things differently and they create a trend. And as a songwriter, and when I was in school, um, understanding this took, just made light bulbs like flash like crazy in my head because it's not just following, like watching a trend, um, but it's also figuring out what is different enough, but relevant enough to what's going on to be to be made in a year and released because that's probably how long it's going to take you to get everything together um, and still be hot and relevant and different, yeah. but good enough that people want to listen to it. And I mm. feel like that's like such a fun and exhausting challenge of uh, mm. being in my industry. But, but that's why when I hit it, it's just like, yeah, <laughs> it feels good. If, even if the song goes nowhere, I still feel like I like, did my job right, you know? I, no one has it. I don't have a KPI for myself, but this is one of those things that, that makes me feel like I hit the mark, which is really nice. Well, you can definitely expect a, a minimum of 10 more avid followers after this podcast. Maybe 12. Maybe 12. I'll get my cousin. I mean, yeah. I, th I, I think this is, this is the episode where we break out. It's the sixth episode. It been, yeah, it's always the sixth episode. It's the Justin. sixth episode where podcasts yeah. break out. Yeah, the one where you have a like a, a you know a musician that's about to blow up as well, and you do yeah. it together. Our, your careers Definitely. kind of find harmony, and we all become uber famous. Yeah, this is the one. I would like that. I would. That would be nice. I actually did a, a collaborative track with thirteen other female Southeast Asian artists. Um, it oh. came out on the eleventh of September, which I I was avoiding putting any music out on that date, but it's for Asia. So like, yeah. Um, but. It was all of us coming together to write, to sing on this collaborative track and all the proceeds go to um, helping people in the Philippines that are affected by COVID. Uh, right. So it, it by abs BBN, which is like the biggest- um, Huge, network. huge network. So it's been really, really fun and interesting to work with these women because none of us met. We all recorded wherever mm. we where we are. And then the first time that we met was for the press conference and all of us just show up like all like dolled up. And it's like, you, it's like there were a hundred people in that one Zoom call and they put all of us on top because we're, we're all the yeah. artists. And, and it was, people always say that like female artists are all really catty and stuff, but it was such a, wholesome positive environment where we were all just like oh my god I love your hair oh my god like I love your outfit your earrings are so cool and it was just really positive and such a good way to bring music into the world at this point you know but it, the song was it's called Heal and yeah hopefully it blows up in the Philippines and then they'll come watch this podcast that's, <laughs> that's cool do you here's a question do you feel it didn't get catty because it was through zoom like no, what if y'all what if y'all had been in person? 
I don't, okay, here's a very big indication of how I know that all of us are not in it for any kind of gain. Maybe to collaborate with each other or whatever, but I'm, I'm probably like the least famous artist that was in that group of um, people. Mm. But these were women that have like million, um, right. over a million followers on Instagram. Like it's just, they're just so big in their own countries. Um, but no one took money. None of us got paid. Yeah. Like you'd have yeah. to be okay with that to be on the track. That was like a statement that they had said. And when they sent me the, um, the kind of, uh, what do you call it? The, the brief for the song, they straight up were like, there's no money. You're, yeah. you're doing this for charity. And so I think that's how we all know. And one of the organizers actually said it during the press conference. She was like, I have to, cause in my heart, I was like, these, some of these women are getting paid. Like, but come on, they wouldn't do this for, you know? And that's cool. Like, I get it. I know where I am. Like, it's, I'm back in Asia. I gotta pay my dues again. It's fine. Um, but she said, actually, these women are amazing because no one is taking money. All proceeds are going to this charity. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was just a really positive environment. So I don't know. Awesome. I don't think we can get that. You know, I have my I, doubts, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. And I think all of us that went in, we were very apprehensive because it's like, there are very competitive women in Asia, and I think it's amazing. But it's also it also gets very exhausting to yeah. compete against. You know, well, like, I mean, anytime I you get people that are performing at that high of a level together, that many of them that don't know each other, but you know, you all do the same thing. There's something in the air. Whereas, you know, you you can act cordial, but everybody's sizing each other up. We actually all followed each other on on our social medias, and yeah. even some of the one of the biggest artists. Like Keep your enemies clo- the closest. The what? Keep your enemies the closest. <laughs> You're too Almost with them. <laughs> Live a little. Be happy. Jesus. I am happy. <laughs> I, I'm ex- I I only have two more days in this freaking room. I did my quarantine. I did my SHN with Snowball, so we had a blast. I'm sure you did. I've got the dinosaurs. Dino kiddos yeah. are here. Yeah, how the kids? Yeah. They're good. They're good. Do you know that Justin called me once for his All balcony? Right. Was asking me about if they if it was okay to talk to them about sex i'm like i'm the, the last one to ask this question too. you were helpful not even thinking about the fact that all they have are each other at this point and he they was have like, me brothers. oh yeah I oh mean. sexually yeah sexually they're brothers <laughs> and and oh. they're and they're quite young oh my goodness are we podcasting yet <laughs> yes <laughs> uh-